Has anyone like remind you do of a song that you forgot how great it was and then you just kind of been obsessed with it ever since they reminded you of it? Let's let this one run a little bit. I was a little too tall, could have used a few pounds. Tight pants, points, hollering down. She was a black haired beauty with big dark eyes and points all her own. Sudden way up high Way up firm and high Out past the cornfields where the woods got heavy Out in the back seat of my 60 Chevy Working on mysteries without any clues Working on a night move Trying to make some front page driving news Working on a night move In the summertime Some high in the sky song We were just young and restless and bored Living by the sword Welcome everybody, it's the Patreon Marathon I want to thank you for joining I want to thank you for participating I want to thank you for just being a Patreon Means the world, as you guys know Uh, You guys are it right now Uh Appreciate you guys so much. That's all. That's all I can really say. Uh, good things happening, I guess. We're talking about this bar. Uh, I put together a little video piece, I guess, kind of explaining some of the, uh, I, I guess, explaining, breaking down the plans for the location, of some plans for the bar, and I guess also breaking down what it means. I guess as far as from an investment standpoint, if uh, anybody is interested in that, hit me up, Tom, uh, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. I'll probably send it to some people um, and just kind of get just an overview. It's going to tell you about the place, what it looks like, this video for it too. So you'll see what it is. We'll talk about the points of focus and we'll also talk about, I guess, the, uh, you know, what, what it means, the whole investment side of it, what it means. But if anybody's into that, feel free to hit me up. I'll be glad to send you a copy. It's a, like a seven minute video, Tommy at alwaysbebook.com if you want to see that. But the responses I got from it were good. People were like, holy shit, that's a cool way to present it. And, uh, you know, some this sounds like, I don't know, I don't know where it goes. It's, you know, but this sounds like there's some pretty good preliminary interest on it. All right, let's talk Corona real quick. I don't like, you know what, let's not. Let's not talk too much Corona. The only real difference is, is that Florida's numbers are out of control. Okay, it looked like California backed down to sub three thousand. Uh, Texas is right around five thousand still. Florida, I don't know what the hell's wrong with us. Uh, we're up close to twelve thousand cases in one day. That's yesterday, so Fourth of July. People on a holiday going in and getting tested, and they come up with twelve thousand cases. Now <clears throat> you're hearing all sorts of stuff about these numbers. I heard. Again, with Florida, you're hearing about false positives, but then you're also hearing, I heard heard multiple stories about people saying that they scheduled a coronavirus test, 
They didn't show up for the test, but since they were on the record for having an appointment, they get a letter back saying that they were tested positive for it. Now, do you believe that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the evidence right there, but I did see it a couple of different places. Now, it might just be the same uh, post that people are sharing, but I'm hearing that. I heard that. I heard that, that people don't show up for the test and from personal people, like people that I know. I heard, I saw one person post it. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. So we will see. Amazingly as well is the death rate is still hanging in there, staying the same. Just pretty much struggling along somewhere between, let's just say 50 or, or 20 and 60 to 70 cases per day. We had that one day where New York kind of clicked up to about 99 or early. There was actually even one that was over 100. Uh, but for the most part, the death rate is staying down very low. Again, though, I don't think these this like we had the first surge, which was concerning three, four and five thousand. We were like, oh, geez, you know what I mean? Or uh, or, or two and three thousand. And then we started going up to five and six thousand. Now, some in some cases, twelve thousand, nine thousand, ten thousand, twelve thousand. Uh for the first wave of two to three, four thousand, I would think that those deaths would have had to have caught up. If people were gonna, uh, I guess, uh, in droves pass away from that run, that would have had to have come to maturity and would have seen that by now. Now these other waves, these five and six thousand hits and these twelve thousand hits, not yet because those have been in the recent days and maybe even week. Uh, so. We'll hang in to see where that matures to, but hopefully it won't. I guess, uh, you know, maybe if we're lucky, uh, you know, the, the death rate won't, it, this, this, this virus will lose a little bit of its bite. Hopefully we will see. All right, let's talk here. What do we got on the board for today? Um, I wrote some stuff down. All right. So guys. There is a cruise line, a major cruise line returning. Now, it's not the big three. There is going to be cruising in guess when? July. July 26th, to be specific. And we're talking about the um, Asia Pacific region. This is a great sign of life. It is from a company called Dream Cruises, and we've talked about them briefly. They're really doing some amazing things as far as, you know, technology and large ships and they're going to break the record for the longest roller coaster at sea uh, and uh, a bunch of stuff. So this Explorer Dream is going to resume on July 26th and they're going to start up some uh, two and three night cruises out of Taiwan. So Taiwan is a place that seems to have not really been affected by this whole thing. Now, they had about 400 cases total and like maybe four or five deaths total. So I don't know. I'm sure it's not as simple as us just getting our passport out passport out, and flying over to Taiwan and jumping on this dream cruise. I don't think that's going to be something that's in the cards for us. But it is kind of cool to see that cruising a 3,000 sh- passenger ship is going to resume on July 26th, uh, they are headed to just a couple of islands that um, I am not going to try to pronounce and torture you, torture you with that. Uh, but all eyes are going to be on these things. All eyes are going to be seeking. I can tell you right now, I, I, I'm hoping there's a lot of bloggers or vloggers out there. I want to see. I want to see live cruising again. Speaking of live things, I was just, you know, in the starvation for 
whatever it is, sports or entertainment or whatever it is. It's just crazy. Uh, I, I was, you know, just going around on YouTube and I was into some baseball stuff. And then I saw wiffle ball. Guys, these kids, they look like they had to be in there. I don't know, early 20s. Now, this is some real white people shit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> These kids clearly had some money. You know what I mean? They were financed pretty well uh, because, the, and listen, this is what you like to see. You don't like to see rich freaking kids that are all privileged and everything and sitting around on their ass collecting their money and not doing anything with it. You know what I mean? Just like kind of like you know, not appreciative of it. You like to see this. If you're going to see some kids who probably are, you know, it looked like, and I listen, I'm totally just guessing here, but just by what they put together, there's no way that these kids really could have uh, financed all this. But whoever started this, whoever organized it, it looked like the whole team. They started a, a, a wiffle ball league with their whole crew. And I'm smiling when I say this because it just, it just made me happy to see. So these kids, there's no baseball, there's nothing going on, and they're missing it clearly. So they decide to start their own wiffle ball league. But they don't just start any wiffle ball league. They go in. I mean, they get themselves actual uniforms. They get themselves dimensions, and they go to wherever their local park is, and they put up signs and stuff like that. And map it. They have the state of the art wiffle ball equipment, which is you know wiffle ball. The crazy thing about wiffle ball, if you you know if you want to know, like baseball, you got baseball, you got softball, and then on the street level, like we used to play stickball, and then you have wiffle ball. So stickball is more like just um, automatic rules. That's more like in a park you play it in kind of like street type of scenarios and you don't necessarily run bases as much it's more like okay batter versus pitcher and yeah the pitcher can make some outs and sometimes it's two on two in the field there is some fielding involved but there's really no base running and throwing and catching it it's more like okay you hit it here that means it's a single automatic you get two bases it's whatever uh you know but then yeah you do have the outfielder that can you know, catching on the fly and recording out. Uh, I think sometimes they could throw it in, and it's basically a wall. You play it up against the wall. Now, hardcore stickball is way back, and I'm not talking about the New York City streets where they're like literally playing it in a street. I'm talking about you know suburban or urban stickball where you have a wall, you have a strike zone, it's two on two, and that type of stuff. But then you also have wiffle ball which is more like in backyards, I guess. You don't necessarily need as much of a space for it. So with, wiffle, with stick ball, we played with a tennis ball and a stick ball bat. We actually got into the metal stick ball bats down the road. Wiffle ball, you play in a yard with green grass and, you know, whatever. It's a little bit more like um, the, the ball can't travel as far because the ball is filled with holes. It's a plastic ball and a plastic bat. And the the thing about wiffle ball is that as a pitcher, you can make the ball do all sorts of crazy things like pitches that don't even make sense because when you wing that ball, it could look like it's going to be six feet over your head. Then it could drop and hit the floor like before it even gets to you. Like, so it's a little bit more tricky a for the pitcher because it's got to be harder to control, but then also for the batter to have any clue where it's going. And then there's like this little fencing thing, like a net that acts as the catcher. And it's very simple. It's the, the hole is cut out like a strike zone. And if it ends up in the hole, then it's a strike. 
You know what I mean? There's a, stick ball's a little tougher sometimes because the pitches come in fast. We used to burn the ends off the tennis ball so we could really whip it in there. And, uh, you know, off-speed pitches versus curveballs. And it's a, well, stick ball's a little bit closer to actual, you know, if, it's hard. You can't round up 18 of your friends and play a baseball game, can you? No. Next best thing, do some automatics and play some stick ball. So we would, like, literally walk it off 60 feet and really try to hum it in there. So it comes off the wall, so it's a little bit harder to judge where the strike zone is. But wiffle ball, it's cut and dry. If it ends up falling into that, that hole, it's in there. But these guys, they had a wall with uh, home run markings, and they had yeah, with they the way they were playing wiffle ball. I don't know if it's normally like that. They were actually running out, the, running it out. They had base runners, they had fielding. It was like four on four games. But the most impressive thing that they did was that they had uniforms. They had real equipment that they obviously spent good money on, and then they made a production out of it. So you click on it, and it looks like some ESPN production is starting, and then it cuts to two of the kids. You know, when I say kids, early 20s or whatever, like, hey, Bob, we're here at the World Fam- World Stickball League, and they literally go into like an ESPN production of it. And even before that, they cut to the field and they'll have a field reporter interviewing one of the kids. And this is literally backyard shit, but the production is tight. It's actually funny to watch. And then they go into introductions and they do voice effects. like to, So it sounds like you're like, and now playing center field. And then they bring the kid in and he runs through and like, and then they start the game. And the game is covered like professionally like it's a it's a really cool thing i i actually watched it for about 15 minutes that's all i could really stand but i was impressed with these kids and the project that they put together it was actually very watchable like you could actually watch it and you kind of get into it a little bit because again like i said that pitching and where the ball goes it's crazy why the f am i talking about this let's try to land the plane uh uh We'll uh, head to a couple islands I won't try to pronounce. Um, oh, just watching things from afar. Taking, uh, de- uh, appreciating what you have. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't have real baseball, watch these freaking kids play wiffle ball and, uh, you know, get a little, get, support them. Get, give them, get, be entertained by it, but support what they're trying to do because they really did, uh, they did make something out. I'll actually post the link. <laughs> Not that anybody gives a crap, but I will post the link. See what you guys think. It's kind of cool. I got a kick out of it. I got And again, I just giving these guys credit. Just giving these guys credit what they put together. Um, and then uh, we'll see what happens. So baseball and all that stuff, they're trying to start it up, but it's weird. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know what the hell's going on. I know two New York Yankees tested positive for coronavirus. They're trying to start the season at the end of July, so they're rushing things along. And the Yankee pitcher got blasted in the top of the head today by a line drive at point-blank range and literally was out. He was out on the field. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka, one of my guys. I love, love Tanaka. He got blasted by a Giancarlo Stanton line drive point-blank. And, uh, you know, two Yankees got coronavirus. This guy goes down. There's just, I don't know, man. Can we get out of this freaking thing? That just seems like we're really spinning our wheels here. What are they doing as far as coronavirus with the coaches? Okay. NBA. I think they tested 300 NBA players. And I think 18 of them so far 
came up with coronavirus. Not necessarily the worst thing in the world. All 18 will probably be, probably be absolutely fine because of the age. But I'm wondering how that works with the coaches. How are you going to have? Because, again, of course, they're going to take anybody with corona and they're going to quarantine them. They're not going to let them run around the baseball field and play with corona. But there is that period of time when you don't know. And are your coaches who are 50 and 60, in some cases 70 years old, going to be at risk at all? By the way, big shout out to Roberto Duran, a legendary boxer. I mean, uh, I mean, Panamanian guy. Uh, they made a movie about him a couple of years ago. This guy was a beast. Uh, beat Sugar Ray Leonard once, was in that four-way rivalry, those middleweights in the in the late 70s, uh, almost into the early 90s, which was Marvin Hagler, Sugar Ray Leonard, Thomas the Hitman Hearns, and Roberto Duran. And Roberto Duran had some wars with Sugar Ray Leonard. And uh, you have to say, yeah, uh, he, he was, I think he's like 69 years old. And he said he was in a fight for his life. It was He said it was a championship fight for his life. And he beat coronavirus. So uh, great well wishes for Roberto Duran, who was discharged from the hospital. Uh, great, great to see. But I guess what I was talking about as far as uh, dealing with wiffle ball instead of actual baseball and spring training and all these stuff, that, uh, I was kind of equating that to watching Japanese people cruise. <laughs> I mean, I would be into it. You know, if there was some blogger out there who was going to be on board for that cruise when it sets sail on the 26th, or if there's some passengers that are going to blog and vlog, I would be all over it watching it. Why? Because, you know, there's no, there's nothing out there. You imagine, I saw an Instagram video today, and it was just nothing to it. It was just very simple, and it was just somebody had their phone camera going, and they downloaded it and uplo- uploaded it back onto Instagram, and uh, it was just them leaving the uh corridor walking onto the Lido deck you know what i mean through that the, what, what do you call that area like the uh the, the the foyer i guess it is from the foyer i guess out onto the Lido deck and just seeing the normal workings of a cruise you know we've how many times have we done that walk oh do you have your towel do you have your this oh shit i forgot let me go back into the room and get this i forgot my card where is my card i got <laughs> i get robbed i must say the words someone stole my card <laughs> about 14 times on every single cruise we'll be walking around people will be ready to go going this place going there. <gasps> everybody's like what tommy Somebody stole my card and then I'll just find it like deeper into my pocket or something or in my wallet or, or sometimes I some sometimes I lose it, but whatever. So uh, I see yeah, someone just put that up and it was just them walking out from that threshold where the uh, hallways lead to that foyer and then walking out onto the Lido deck. Just the most mundane thing. And I was like, oh, man, kind of forget what that feels like, right? I just want to be back, man. I just want to get back on a, on a ship. Um, so, yeah, all eyes will be on these sailings. Some of the things that they are going to do are temperature checks, as we've already heard and said and already know. They're going to have the health questionnaires, too, as well. They're going to do staggered embark- embarkations. The cabins will be fumigated when they're empty. So, uh during you know during the day the cabin steward will come in there and they'll just fumigate the cabins as well as uh you know clean the shit out of them public areas will be sanitized frequently 
uh, elevators are going to be disinfected every two hours. And the buffet service will be served, obviously, by the staff with masks and gloves. There will be restricted capacity for the dining rooms, as you might expect, and isolated wards in the medical center. So these these are things that they're not surprises at all, but at the same time, it's literally this is what's here this is you've heard about and speculate we've speculated about what the changes are going to be well this is a cruise that's actually going out on july 26th with three thousand people well i actually shouldn't say that because that wasn't clear that part i don't know i know the ship can hold three thousand people but are they going to sail at full capacity or not i would probably imagine that they're not but i didn't see any mention in the article of them uh of them not sailing at capacity, but I'll, we'll look into that, or maybe one of you can and let us know. Um, there are a few other ships that actually are operating on different parts of the world right now, but they're more uh, on the w- way, way smaller than this one that's going out on the 26th. The on- the next largest ship that's actually going out right now is uh, a Herdegurton ship. Herdegurton, one of my favorite things to say. Herdegurton. Hurtigurden, uh, and that ship is carrying, and that maxes out at 999 passengers. Um, speaking of regulations and getting back to cruising, the EU, the European Union, has released its proposed guidelines for returning to sailing. Again, some of this stuff is repetitive. Some of the stuff is uh, speculative and not necessarily official. But unlike the CDC over here in the USA, uh, the EU has put out what they are looking for to happen as far as, you know, anytime uh, Europe thinks it's going to uh, return to cruising. And I've been saying this since day one, guys. All you guys who... You know, think I'm being Debbie Downer and being Mr. Pessimistic when it comes to sailing. These are things that you're going have to going to have to see. You know what I mean? You're going to have to see things start to happen and uh, uh, I guess protocol put in place before we think we're just jumping back on a cruise the first day the whatever ban is lifted. So we'll see what happens. But the EU ahead of the CDC has released some guidelines for its return to sailing and some of the things that they mentioned, some of them are mundane that you know were going to happen and some of them are kind of interesting, like this, eliminating the use of indoor swimming pools. So I guess I don't know why that is. I guess some sort of study has been made and we found out something that says that, uh, you know, indoor swimming pools in that type of environment is uh, fertile grounds for the spread of COVID-19. Not sure why, but I guess they've done their research. Uh, Social distancing in regular pools, meaning they're only going to let a certain amount of people go into the regular outside pools at a given time, which makes sense. Um, Here's a weird one. And you're going to have to see, like when we were on with Doug and Richard, this is what I was talking about when I said, you're going to lay out a bunch of ground rules and a bunch of protocols that you probably can think out beforehand but then there's going to be so many idiosyncrasies that happen on a moment-to-moment basis that you haven't thought of or you're going to have to come up with some sort of ruling on the spot well i didn't think of that what about if they do that you know like the nightclub dance floor that i mentioned or or the craps table or anything else something that happens like just randomly what will what will be done so uh this is a weird one they said members of the same household only to use the hot tubs come stop it you're not you're not regulating that you need a you need id 
You need to show that you're from the same address. Uh, how are you going to possibly regulate and enforce that? That saying that okay, and how is that? Just shut the hot tubs down if you're going to do that. Like you're going to tell people that if you're not from the same household, that it is. Uh, you, you you can also so me so let's just say it's me and my girlfriend. We live together and we get in the hot tub. Now that's it. The hot tub's ours. Period. I don't know. Uh, they're going to leave five feet between lounge chairs across the deck. That makes perfect sense. They're talking about a few weird things, too, and you're going to get into a dicey area as far as ageism. Things like ageism. Uh, 65 and older will be recommended to see a doctor. Now, they're not requiring anything. They're not asking for a note, anything, any sort of clearance, but they are putting it out there that they should, and they are recommended to see a doctor to check on their level of being fit to sail. Uh, the possibility of possibly separating on onboard activities by age group. That can get a little weird, I would imagine. Uh, Touch-free points uh, all throughout the ship, especially in embarkation. Uh, there will obviously be denials showing uh, to anyone showing COVID-19 or any flu-like symptoms. The questionnaire will be enforced. Now, here's the thing on the questionnaire. In the past, that was always the thing. You get that questionnaire and everybody you know, who had the sniffles or whatever, anything minor, would clearly lie and say, uh, you know, we have the sniffles. No. The thing is, I found out, you know, during one of the first couple of cases on any cruise ship that you don't necessarily have to lie on that. It's not as much to tell you you cannot sail. It is more to tell you that if there is an in infectious disease that comes out whether it's norovirus whether it's the flu uh whatever it is i'm talking about in the past that there is a research point so basically it's on record you're saying you came on with this like maybe uh it's also legalities you know what i mean so i said the couple because the couple one couple that was on the ship that didn't get coronavirus i don't think they were on a ship that did get infected with coronavirus, but they didn't have it. But the guy was getting over a cold, and he wrote down that, hey, listen, yeah, I have some sneezing, some flu-like symptoms, but uh, they, they're going away, and I'm fine. Uh, so he was kept on the ship when they did a relief effort to get people off the ship. Because of what he wrote, he was kept on the ship. So it wasn't that he wasn't allowed to sail. Now, maybe if this guy tried to get off the ship and then tried to sue... Maybe that's also part of it, that he wrote that he had some flu-like symptoms. So you know what? You didn't get whatever you got. You didn't get it on the ship. You came on the ship with it. So maybe it's also legalities. But I think the, the knee-jerk reaction was that everybody thinks that if you write down that you're sick on that questionnaire, that you know maybe somebody will see it, and then maybe your ability to sail will be put in question. But I don't think that's quite the case. But, now, I mean, now it is, obviously. Uh, so uh, the questionnaire is going to be enforced this time. So they are going to look at the questionnaire and they're going to see who says they got flu-like symptoms and those will be uh, investigated. Now, here's another interesting caveat to that. It was always one of the reasons why people don't. Let's just say you, you are sick as a dog and you lie on the questionnaire. Why are you lying on the questionnaire? Well, because you got a cruise that you freaking paid for. You paid for the airfare. You paid for the hotel the night before. You paid for the excursions. Everything associated with it, you paid for it already. And that 
will make you not want to lose out because previously i don't think uh you were going to get any money back if you were not allowed to sail based on your health issues that go on that were whatever health issues that were going on they're talking about changing that policy now if you are honest and upfront and if you do have covid19 symptoms or if you're sick in any way they're talking about nothing in stone yet but they're talking about uh, putting a system in place where uh, you can get compensated for the cruise. You can even get compensated for hotel and airfare expenses leading up to the cruise if you are not fit to sail from a health standpoint. Again, nothing set in stone, but that is they're thinking one of the reasons why people get a bunch of people sick on the ship is because they don't want to lose out on all that money. If they were going to get a refund and live to cruise another day and not infect the whole ship, it's quite possible that maybe they might be more apt to uh, be a little bit honest and forthright with their answers on the questionnaire. Uh, What else? Uh, Five feet of social distancing. I guess the European style is five feet, not as much six feet. Um, They haven't discussed a percentage yet of how many people will be on the ship, but they have said that they don't recommend that the cruises sail at full capacity. Uh, They said they're also going to set aside accommodations for 5% of the guests that are on board and 5% of the staff, the crew that are on board, uh, aside as far as space and cabin space for, uh, I guess, an emergency. In, in, In the event of an outbreak, there will be 5% of rooms kept open so that they can, I guess, do some quarantining in those spaces. Uh, there'll obviously be shorter sailings, much fewer ports. Um, masks are to be worn when social distancing isn't possible. And when is that? We're talking about, you know, when you're on a bus, going on a tour somewhere, when you're in a theater, when you're walking through corridors, masks will be, masks will be recommended, and obviously in elevators. Uh, they're also going to remove a lot of the non-essential items from the cabin. They're talking about books, magazines, uh, mini bar products. They're talking about coffee and tea machines. Now, that is standard. They will remove them from the cabins. But if you request them, they will be brought to you. But just as a general purpose, they'll be taken out. Uh they uh they they're gonna cover the remote controls now that's the one thing guys i've never been a germaphobe i've never been the guy that goes in and lysols the room when you get in i just you know i wonder what the right school of thought is on that guys what do you guys think there are so many people out there that uh wash their hands for 25 seconds sanitize everywhere they go they 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 go about their lives and they're just I guess clean like they walk into places that could be germ ridden and they wipe the surfaces down and that's I'm not even talking about COVID-19 I'm talking prior to that there's plenty of people that do that and just uh, you know are very conscious of germs is that good knee jerk reaction is yes that is very good but there also is that school of thought that are you weakening your immune system by doing that I bet there's no answer to that I bet that, you know what, it's six of one, half dozen of the other. It's just the two separate things. You know what I mean? If you run around, I listen to Gary Vee talk about it. He used to be proudly boast that he never washes his hands. I just don't wash my hands, he says. Now, yeah, we're all like gross, and especially in this climate right now, that is not appropriate, and he should not be saying that no matter what. But in general, when we are at normal, 
you know, when we're running around and, you know, not under a pandemic, does it make sense to just let your immune system get stronger and build it up and allow for a certain amount of, uh, I guess, dirt, bacteria, uh, any of those things that could, uh, I guess, potentially cause some harm? Is it does it make sense to let let that happen and let your body build up the resistance? That's probably just two sides. You know what I mean? They'll probably that'll probably turn into another political war. Who knows? But I I I'm not the germaphobe, but that is one thing that 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 skeeves me out, and that is any remote control in any um you know stateroom or hotel room that I go in. That and Amtrak, the curtains. Like, I don't want to touch the curtains. Uh, when I get my own little roomette and my Amtrak trips, I do not want to touch those curtains. All right, where else are we at here? Um, one per cabin cleaning, so no two trips a day from the room steward. I guess just limiting the amount of humans you come in contact with. One trip to clean your cabin. Uh, no more self-serve food. Obviously, that's a that's a given. Gloves and masks at the buffet. Uh, limits to all public rooms like theaters and casinos. Literally having someone monitoring the headcount in these places. And this is where it's going to be weird. And this is where we all, have, as cruisers, are going to have to make a decision. What do we want? Are we that cracked out for cruising and missing the cruising experience that we'll go on whatever cruise because the experience is clearly going to be very, very different, uh, at least in the foreseeable future, uh, than it has been, than the cruises as you know it. Uh, those of you who are really hardcore cruises that want to do this, that are excited, listen, please, I'm begging you, don't cruise if you don't have a high threshold for changes do not cruise if you're expecting anything remotely close to what you know because i know you imagine that you go on vacation you spend two three four grand on your cruise you're with your family you go downstairs and you want to go to the casino okay you know what i don't mind wearing my mask all right no problem i don't mind social distance stay stay six feet apart um you know that's an issue oh let me finish this thought right and then you, you you're playing by all these rules then you want to go to the show, and there's some bouncer standing there. Or you want to go to the casino, your bouncer standing there with a clicker. Sorry, we're full right now. We've got to wait for five people to leave, and then we can let you in. It's going to be tough. You know what I'm saying? But getting back to what I was just about to say, the biggest, one of the biggest things, and I don't hear a lot of people talking about it, is those hallways. Those hallways are not meant. I mean, I don't ever walk down a hallway if I'm crossing with somebody. Well, there probably is two room for two people to walk comfortably. I'm always adjusting my view. I mean, my view, my path. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm always kind of stepping out of somebody's way, just doing a courtesy shimmy to try to shrink myself or, you know, maybe not necessarily be uh, vertical. Uh, what am I trying to say? You know what I'm saying. Just kind of like move, you go lead with the shoulder so as to give that person a little bit of room. I mean, that is, you know, if you see one thing in the grocery stores, you see that everybody goes one way. You know what I mean? So people aren't crossing paths and breathing on each other. That is ground zero for breathing on each other. And that's probably going to be a mandate. If there's one thing they're going to mandate, it's probably masks in all the corridors. That probably has to happen. Uh, but yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like you're trying to go on a cruise and you want to go to a comedy show. You want to go here. You want to go there. You want to just walk around the ship. That's why you cruise the freedom of just being able to go wherever you want to go. Now you're going to have some guy standing there with a clicker. Sorry, 
we're at 102. We have to be at 95. Got to wait till six people leave. Guys, be ready for that, okay? I'm not saying don't cruise. Just manage those expectations. How about the gyms? Got to keep track of everyone who uses the facility. So they're saying that if, you know, whoever goes into the gym on a particular given day, they want a record of who does. And uh, they got to sanitize and clean each piece of equipment after each use. And they have to, and they're going to improve the ventilation system in the gym as well. Uh, Temperature checks, as we know. Symptoms checks, as we know, not just during embarkation, but during the cruise as well. All right, last little piece of, uh, I guess, news here. We got a new build that's starting. Got to give MSC credit, man. They just go hard. MSC goes hard. I mean, who's thinking about building new cruise ships right now? The answer is MSC. And I think Virgin Voyages, too. They're floating out new ships. They haven't even set sail on a voyage yet. And they're floating out new cruise ships. But MSC is uh, creating a new class of ships called the World Class. And there was a coin ceremony yesterday. Um, The coin ceremony is where the godmother of the ship uh, places a coin under the first kill block of the ship. The name of this particular ship is going to be called the World Europa. It's going to have 5,400 passengers. Very big ship there. It's going to be the largest ship that is LNG powered. Uh, LNG is liquefied natural gas, which is much better for the environment. Absolutely. It's not going to launch till 2022. Uh, For this MSC world class, they're expecting to put out four ships. And um, the next one up is going to be the MSC Virtuosa. Uh, That's pretty much it. Let's do a couple of emails. Hey, Tommy, just wanted to shout out. And thanks for your podcast. Love listening to it whenever I get the chance and really like the format and length. That's what she said. (laughs) Quick question. I have always been fascinated by the story of the Titanic and was intrigued when the Blue Star Line company announced several years ago that they were making a near exact replica of the Titanic to use as a cruise ship. I gather the company has various financial problems over the years, but I'm wondering if you have heard anything about this project and whether it is scrapped or still on track. I think it would be fun and a surreal experience to sail on a ship like that. Keep up the good work and let's hope we are back to cruising soon. Ruffus. Ruffus, I mean, listen, that project, we've all heard of it. I heard it was in the works it caught a bunch of buzz and then that company went bankrupt bankrupt or that project was scrapped and then some other guy came in and restarted the project and he was all pumped to get it going and it was back and there was a lot of speculation here we go again and here we sit and i guess i heard probably heard about that three years ago and here we sit i haven't heard about it since so i guess your question is good in that we need to you know what Let's do it now. What are we? What are we doing? What, what, what do we got better to do? Watch wiffle ball and YouTube. <laughs> uh, let's see, Titanic new ship rebuild. Wait, hold on. New ship twenty twenty. Hold the phone here, Ruffus. Is it Ruffus? Titanic two could sail as soon as twenty twenty two. If you thought the long-delayed project to launch a full-size replica of the ill-fated RMS Titanic was sunk in the water, think again. Just like Celine Dion sang back in 1997, the travel project will go on. 
No, she didn't sing that. She sang her heart will go on. So this is CNN. See, listen, I'm not getting political here, but you guys know, you know, I'm, when you hear about fake news, <laughs> Celine Dion did not say the project will go on. I'm just kidding around. You guys know that. Australian businessman and politician Clive Palmer, who is behind the controversial, innovative, uh, controversial and in, in innovative announced in September that work on the ship had recommenced after a financial dispute with the Chinese government halted development back in 2015. The idea was floated in 2012. Uh, allegedly the new ship will be an identical copy of the infamous liner, which sank in 1912 following a collision with an iceberg to avoid a repeat disaster, Titanic will apparently be outfitted with plenty of lifeboats and will have welded, not riveted hulls, plus modern nav- a welded but not riveted hull, plus modern navigation and radar. Oh, you're not gonna- <laughs> thanks. So you're not going to build the Titanic as a, uh, as a, as risky as it was, and you're not going to build it with as few safety features as it had when it sank in 1912. You mean you're telling me there's new technology since 1912 and you plan on taking advantage of some of it? I guess that's good news. Uh, we have a quote. The ship will follow the original journey carrying pets. See that? Oh, screw that. <laughs> Get me on the Titanic and take me down to uh, St. Somewhere. Carrying passengers from Southampton to New York, but she will also circumnavigate the globe, inspiring and enchanting people while attracting unrivaled attention, intrigue and mystery in every port she visits, said Palmer in a statement. Uh, The maiden voyage, however, will take passengers from Dubai to New York, reports Cruise Arabia, with the first sailing scheduled to take place in 2022. Blue Star Line says the nine-decked ship will... Blue Star Line? Is Blue Star still a line? Blue Star Line says the nine-decked ship will be home to 835 cabins set aside to accommodate 2,435 passengers. You'll be able to buy first, second, and third class tickets just like the original. This is amazing. What the hell else are they going to do that's going to be the same thing as the original Titanic? Are they going to have animals and steerage? and uh, like, What the hell? I, I don't know about this thing. I've talked to a lot of people in the cruise space, creators and whatnot, and they are very, very skeptical of this project. But uh, it sounds like it's it's definitely I'll definitely be uh, tuning in for this. I'll definitely be looking forward to seeing uh, how uh, you think they'll dust off uh, Kate Winslet. Maybe it would be Godmother. I think they should. Right. They got her. How do they not? All right, Rufus, hopefully we got you some answers on that. Moving on. Hi, Tommy. You mentioned in a recent cast that cruise content is few and far between, so I had an idea. Each week, you could have a super cone on and ask them a series of questions. The questions could be the same for each interview. You could start with Marty, Thelma and Matt, Paul, Sandra, Scott, Chris, Mallory, Debbie, or Trevor. (laughs) I love it. You could get Beatrix to write up some creative questions. Here are a few. What is your favorite port and why? Favorite meal at sea? Describe your version of pure cruise bliss. Even though we all love cruising, what is your cruising pet peeve? There you go. Big Juan from Sacramento. Juan, I like that idea. You know what I mean? By the way, if you're going to mention 
Scott, you also have to mention Kara. Uh, but I like it. I like that idea. Um, it is, you know, you would think, and I would, I would have always thought, just like you found out when you tried to do your little hip hop thing. Um, I would have expected more people to jump all over that, but I didn't at the time because I had already done it. Like I, I agree, I agree. A lot of people I would expect to jump on, but people get shy. People are a little shyer. That takes a certain type of personality to jump in and uh you know put their voice out there people they could be perfectly normal in person and perfectly willing to have a conversation and be very very outgoing and thoughtful and entertaining but then when the mic comes on a lot of people they they just don't like it like beatrix is a great example she does a great job uh she does phenomenal with the interviews and uh, even when she's on just in general she's she's a beast but she's got to like work up the courage to do that it's always like pulling teeth a little bit to get her to do it once she gets going she's fine but um you know i do like i do like the idea though you know maybe we do a couple maybe we start i you know sometimes i like to think all right if somebody's interesting i'll throw them on see what it sounds like uh but i did do that with my drunken friend who was uh in new york uh talking about cartoons and everything else and yeah there was some (laughs) Some kickback from that saying, what the hell are you doing? Don't ever have that girl on again. <laughs> Although I thought she was great and she did do great. But it was a, a matter of, um, you know what, maybe we should have been a little bit more prepared and have a little bit more of a um, of, of a format with her. And I will guess I'll take the blame for that, not her. Because I think she was pretty entertaining. But that's pretty much it. Juan from Sacramento, man. How's it going? Glad to hear from you. Hope everything is going well. And I uh, appreciate you guys listening. You guys are the best. Boat drinks, super cones. Just a girl born in Dixie, washed in blood and raised on the banks of the Mississippi mud. She always had a thing about falling in love with a bad boy. Yeah, they could see it all coming, but her daddy never dreams. She grew up that fast. What I mean, the way a girl gets when she turns 17 Kind of crazy She's a clever child and a preacher's daughter She was baptized in dirty water Her mama cried the first time they caught her with me They knew they couldn't stop her She holds tight, me and the Bible on the Said I'll be sure and phone you She called her from a truck stop In Tucson, Arizona With amazing grace We made California lie And then my gypsy life Started taking its toll And the fast lane got empty And out of control And just like an angel She saved my soul from the devil It's easy Rebel child